in an age of connectivity. From smartphones and computers to TV and watches, people have become more and more reliant on all the cool perks that technology provides. But an internet connection makes it all possible. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rural Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Adam Albrick, and today we're being joined by a very special guest, Angie Dickison, who serves as the Broadband Development Manager at the Office of Broadband Development in Minnesota. Welcome, Angie. Welcome to the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development, Adam. It's nice to see you in St. Paul. Well, thank you. We hear the word broadband kicked around a lot, but for those who might not fully understand it, what does this all really entail? Sure. When we're talking about broadband, we are talking about reliable, fast connectivity to the internet. And um, in Minnesota, we have we have set goals around broadband speeds, and I can talk about those later if you'd like. Absolutely. We will be getting to that in just a little bit, but you've previously worked in Wisconsin on broadband issues. How big of a topic is this around the country and in other states? Obviously, it's not just a Minnesota thing. Certainly, it's, it's not just a Minnesota thing, but it, absolutely in Minnesota for Governor Waltz and Commissioner Grove, it's it's a high priority item. I know from my time in Wisconsin with the former governor there and with the current governor, as they traveled the state, they heard from folks in nearly every county about the need for better access to high-speed, reliable internet service. And of course, we're talking state-based efforts here, but is the connectivity issue mostly state-led efforts, or is there also a bigger federal push going on as well to kind of help things out? We're very fortunate. There's been a big federal push, and we have these wonderful state initiatives happening right now, and the USDA has taken an active role in promoting rural broadband access and e-connectivity, and our state programs are well-designed and well-situated to be companion pieces to those programs. The state of Minnesota, like other states, have set goals in achieving certain amounts of broadband access for residents. Could you just talk a little bit about these goals that have kind of been set forward? Happy to, Adam. You know, in 2014, the state of Minnesota set a goal of border-to-border broadband access by 2022, signaling that access to quality broadband service should be a right for all Minnesotans. At the same time, a few years later, I should say, the state bumped up those speed goals to a 100 megabit per second by 20 megabit per second service by 2026. So that 2022 goal is really intended for folks to have access to that moderate level of service that meets current needs and looking ahead to the higher demand for access and higher speeds by 2026. Now each year a certain amount of money gets allocated for these efforts. How is the progress going on meeting those needs and goals? Sure. You know, today 92% of households in Minnesota have access to that moderate level speed of 25 by 3, which is the state's 2022 goal. However, only 83% of rural homes and business have access at this minimum speed definition. You mentioned state funding. Since 2014, the state has had what we call our border-to-border broadband development grant program. The state of Minnesota has invested $85.6 million across the state. 
These 110 projects have helped connect nearly 39,000 homes, businesses, and farms and leveraged $110.6 million in private and local matching funds. And I'll, I'll carry on because I'm excited about the level of support that our program is getting. In this last budget, our program was allocated another $40 million. So we have $20 million for a 2019 grant round and an additional $20 million for 2020. How big of a role do elected officials play in the process of expanding broadband? They are some of our key champions in this process, and it's we encourage folks to talk to their legislators about their needs for rural broadband access and for their need for connectivity in, in any part of the state. Obviously, politics can be very partisan, but rural broadband and broadband in general, is this a partisan issue or has it been so much a partisan issue? In my mind, it hasn't been. You know, it doesn't uh, matter which side of the aisle you sit on. If you want to run a business in a rural community, if you're a farmer, if you have children who need access to classrooms 24 hours a day, if you want to be part of modern society, I don't think it matters uh, which side of the aisle you sit on. Yeah. And there seems to be a fair number of different private public partnerships that get utilized to expand broadband. Could you just elaborate on the relationship that private companies play with the collaboration with government entities? Yes, that's one of the key aspects of our, our program in Minnesota and in Wisconsin. You know, we are fortunate to have private companies and cooperatives who are really eager to partner with local communities to help expand that access. And what we have found is that where those partnerships exist, not only do we get infrastructure deployed, but these networks have a better chance of succeeding. We have a better chance of folks actually utilizing the service and really to ultimately help us achieve our goal of improving the economic vitality of these communities. It's, it's wonderful when these partnerships come together. And you mentioned grants. Is that how the money gets dispersed to these private companies? It is private companies. It can be local units of government. It can be uh, nonprofit organizations. There are a number of different types of organizations and local units of government that may apply. Let's elaborate a little bit more on the different upload and download speeds, as you mentioned a little bit ago. First, what are the standards for these categories? So when we talk about our 2022 speed goals, we're talking about speeds of 25 megabits by 3 megabits per second. As I mentioned, I think it's worth repeating some of these numbers. So right now, statewide, 92% of our homes and businesses have access to that wireline speed. That's statewide. In rural communities, that's only 83%. When we look ahead to our 2026 goal of 100 by 20, then we're looking at 86% of the state and 68% of our rural communities. And I should share a little bit with you, you know, just talking about how we, how, where we're at nationally. This is from the FCC. Much of rural America still needs to be connected out of the 24 million people who lack fixed broadband access, 
nationwide, 80% of those folks are in rural areas. So definitely a rural challenge. At the same time, I always like to remind folks, we're definitely talking about challenges with broadband access in our rural communities. But thanks to private investment and public-private partnerships, we also have rural communities with state-of-the-art broadband infrastructure, infrastructure that some of their more urban counterparts would love to have. So a lot of folks have started talking about, when we talk about the digital divide, it used to be rural versus urban. Now it's almost a rural-rural divide where we've got rural communities that have and we have rural communities that have not. I heard a story from somebody who lives out in Lacoparle County, which is in far western Minnesota along the South Dakota border, and their connectivity out there, despite a small population, is fantastic. Right. But you go not overly far away into a neighboring county, and it might be the total opposite. And in some of those communities, it's not even going into the neighboring county. It may just be down the road, which is very frustrating for folks, and that's why I want to encourage folks listening to your podcast, Adam, to reach out to our office. That's why we're here. Our role is to help connect those folks who are looking for better service with the broadband providers who may be interested in, in partnering. Now, getting back to those speeds a little bit, you know, people hear the speeds, but could you put these maybe into a little bit more perspective who might be unfamiliar with how this all works? Uh, how big of a difference are we talking when it comes to these speeds? What can you do at 25 versus 100? Right. You know, the, the key thing with speeds right now is as folks are looking at the upload speeds and having really that ability to have video conferencing and, and streaming video. And as we move into an era when everything is connected, you know, I start thinking about all the things in your home today already that may want to get out on the internet. The need for more bandwidth just continues to increase day by day, it seems. I think I saw a video not overly long ago where you, they now have refrigerators where there's a little camera inside of it and you can open an app on your phone and look to see what's all in your refrigerator in case you want to go run to the store or something before you come home from work. And you know, the, the, an, another aspect just as I was uh, just uh, reading about this morning is, is relates to telehealth. And when we talk about rural communities, um, there certainly are shortages of healthcare facilities in rural America and, and our, our rural folks are spending more time in their cars to get to healthcare providers and our rural communities tend to be, have an older population. And I know just thinking about my, my own grandmother when she was alive, I, if, we, if we'd have had the telehealth options that we have today, she probably could have stayed in her home on her farm much longer than she did and that's really that's that's really where broadband can have have an important role having that access to help keep keep our folks in their homes as long as they want to be they call that aging in place and certainly to provide better access to health care for our rural communities and again all of those things require good high quality reliable access 
And that's kind of neat. You mentioned telemedicine. So we did a previous podcast on rural health care. And one of the challenges, I would call this hospital and clinic system very progressive. It's out in western Minnesota, not really around a big city at all. But they do partner with a lot of health systems here in the Twin Cities. And they rely heavily on telemedicine. And it's a really neat thing. And I think you're absolutely correct on the connectivity. Yeah. I'm really excited about the future opportunities there, too, just in terms of deploying new technology. And, you know, Minnesota is a state known for innovation. So the innovation that we're going to see around telemedicine, telehealth, exciting days are ahead. Let's talk a little bit about the impact that the infrastructure itself has on the overall quality of broadband. Could you just expand upon that? What are we kind of looking at right now? Inter- I, what's what's really in place out there? Like I remember growing up as a kid in a smaller sure. rural town, trying to connect to the internet, and you'd hear all these funny sounds, you know. And then all of a sudden DSL came along, and that changed a little bit. Things got a little bit better, and then eventually fiber came along. And what are we kind of looking at for infrastructure in in those terms? That's kind of sure. across the state, sure. and of course, just not just in our state, but you know, in your experience right. in Wisconsin as well. Right. Certainly there are different types of technologies and networks out there being deployed. There are still copper networks in place that are being upgraded as we speak. A a huge amount of fiber is being deployed and I'll get into that in a little bit. The cable industry folks continue to expand and upgrade their networks. I heard them talking the other day about 10 gigabit speeds on their networks. And, and then, of course, there are, there are wireless options, fixed wireless options, and folks have been hearing a lot probably about 5G, right, on the mobile side. So a whole variety of different technologies available for folks in terms of what may be deployed and, and new things on the horizon continuously. We've talked a little bit about how a lot of broadband issues are now more rural than they are urban, but of course, unsurprisingly, major metropolitan areas tend to have better access overall than the rural counterparts. At your function now with this department, how do you ensure a certain level of fairness when considering which parts of the state receive funding for these projects? State statute guides us there. We have requirements in terms of the speeds that are deployed and criteria that help us score these applications so that they are, the process is fair. We're also required to geographically disperse the grants across the state as well. So our entire amount of funding wouldn't necessarily land in one corner of the state. So in your view, what are the implications for not having quality broadband or internet connectivity in this day and age? In this day and age, it's, uh, it's a detriment. It's, it's a detriment to the community and to the folks who are living there. You know, I'm, I'm quoting other folks when I say access to high-speed, reliable broadband isn't just nice. It's necessary. It's not a luxury item anymore. What I tell folks is, is imagine moving to a new community or wanting to buy a new home. Would you live there? Would you move your business there if you didn't have internet access? I can tell you from firsthand experience, when I moved to Wisconsin about four years ago, went to sell my home outside of rural Duluth, and a young couple came and looked at that house twice. 
third time they wanted to come out and see how good my internet access was. And I didn't, I didn't have it. I didn't have good internet access there. And I didn't, I didn't sell the home. And then they wanted to know, well, the next community over they had heard was getting a big network upgrade. And I, I imagine that nice young couple moved down the road. And, and, and that's really where things are at. If a community doesn't have high quality internet access, they're gonna be a step behind. I'm curious at what you've really heard from farmers on this topic, given your experience. Like all other industries, farmers and ranchers are relying more and more on these types of technology and connectivity and their devices just to do their job. What has the feedback been? Again, it's it's necessary. It's, it's absolutely necessary for our farmers to have high quality, high speed internet access modern farming, modern agriculture is dependent upon it. I encourage folks to look at some of the materials from USDA. They've, they've done some wonderful reporting, but I'm going to give you a, give you a quote from their, one of their latest reports, and here's what they say. Rural broadband has become a national priority to address the e-connectivity gap and deliver increased economic and societal benefits. The American economy stands to capture substantial gains from e-connectivity through the adoption of next generation precision agriculture, right? USDA's analysis estimates that estimates that connected technologies are poised to transform agricultural production and create a potential 47 to 65 billion dollars. I'll repeat that 47 to 65 billion dollars in annual gross benefits for the United States. So it's necessary. I also share with you from my time in Wisconsin, I've had the opportunity, folks from, from Pew Research surveyed broadband programs across the country. In the Midwest, two programs were highlighted, the program in Minnesota and the program in Wisconsin. And those folks came out and visited with us and wanted to talk to some of our grant recipients. And we, we went to a farm in Wisconsin and the researchers from Pew were asking the farmer, well, and it was a, a big dairy operation, you know, how, how, is the, how is this fiber access changing your, your world here? And well, we couldn't do our work here without it. And then she asked him, well, what's your, what are your concerns about the future? He said, well, I don't have to worry about internet access anymore. That's just off the table. And that's what these investments mean for these folks. Get the infrastructure in place, then let them utilize it and grow their businesses, right? Absolutely. Just thinking about GPS, for example, mm -hmm. is, is there a lot of work in this area being done with satellites or GPS? We talk a lot about fiber, we talk about a lot of things that are here, down here, but how about up in space? Right, so uh, satellite broadband service continues to improve and you know, lots of talks about deployment of what they're calling uh, LEO satellites, low earth orbit satellites, where there are a few companies that are proposing to launch thousands, thousands of satellites with the potential of putting them in a lower orbit so that there's less latency and to perhaps get higher speeds. But that's yet to be seen, yet to be seen. Now, if listeners do want to check their speed of their broadband or access to their internet, is there a resource out there that can help them? Yes, we actually have a, have a tool on our website at mn.gov 
slash deed, D-E-E-D, slash broadband. Is there any parting message that you would really like to leave with listeners about this topic? What I want to say to folks is that we are fortunate in, in Minnesota, and I'll give credit to folks in Wisconsin, that our states have leaders who have recognized the importance of rural broadband connectivity. And both states have amazing programs. Uh, Minnesota's border-to-border broadband program is nationally recognized. And I encourage folks to reach out to our office, to reach out to the office in Wisconsin. There are people here who are, are happy to help. I know from work in both states, I think all of us would just love nothing more than to work ourselves out of a job so that everyone is connected. And that's the goal in, in Minnesota is connectivity for everyone and the same thing in Wisconsin. So reach out to us. We're happy to help. Well, Angie, thank you very much for a very insightful conversation today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. That's Angie Dickison, Broadband Development Manager at the Office of Broadband Development in Minnesota. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Rural Perspectives Podcast, which is a production of Egg Country Farm Credit Services. To get more great content, please visit www.eggcountry.com.